a clinical examination by a vestibular specialist using their hands and, you know, just basic simple instruments is superior to an MRI and a CT scan in the majority of cases of dizziness and vertigo. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Hi, it's Kathy. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Today, I have Dr. Kimberly Bell, DPT, with me. And she's a physical therapist, and she has been one for almost 15 years. She specializes in the assessment and treatment of vertigo, dizziness, imbalance in patients of all ages, but really people who are older, you know, older adults. She also can help with incontinence, foot neuropathy, and unexplained repeated falls in older adults. She has invented this unique way of treating this, and she also trains other physical therapists. She's got a bio a mile long, but I'm not going to read it to you. I'm just going to have a conversation, and she can tell you about all the things she's done. So, Dr. Kimberly Bell, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kathy. I'm so excited to be here. I know I've been listening to your show, and you're doing some really great things for the population over 50 and helping people rock their retirement, and I'm ready. I'm here for you, and I'm ready to help. Thank you so much. And you know who else is excited to have you here? My bird, Mr. Grant. That's him in the background. So So hopefully it's not too distracting. He likes to join the show sometimes. (laughs) So tell me, how did you get into this? I know you've been doing it for a while, but what got you started? Well, I've been a physical therapist since 2002. And my very first job, I went to the University of Maryland, Baltimore. That's where I got my master's degree and my doctorate in physical therapy. And I first became licensed as a physical therapist in the state of Maryland in 2002. And my very first job after school was working at the Shock Trauma Center in Baltimore, Maryland, which is actually, at that time, it was the only freestanding hospital in the world dedicated solely to trauma. And so I got to see a lot of very severe, life-changing, and in some cases, life-ending injuries, including uh, fractures, brain injuries, spinal cord injuries, paralysis of the lower body, or, you know, paralysis from the neck down for certain people. And a lot of those injuries, Kathy, were related to falls. And you wouldn't believe, you know, what these families go through when their loved one is out enjoying their retirement, and then all of a sudden, unexpectedly, they have a fall. And the rates of injury for fall are just astonishing and astounding and enough to really change someone's entire life. And so, What happened was after two years of working in that setting and seeing the results of so many fall-related injuries, I decided I wanted to get more on the prevention side. And I also just kind of wanted to get out into the community and see what was going on with the aging population and why so many people were falling. And so I switched uh, in 2004 from working in a hospital full-time to working in home health care full-time. And now I've been making house calls for homebound people of all ages, mostly people over 65, but even younger people can be homebound if they have a serious illness or a debilitating injury. Um, I've even treated some children with fractures in the home. So I've been, I've been exclusively making house calls since 2004 
and I've had an opportunity to specialize in dizziness and vertigo uh, when I took my first course in what's called vestibular rehabilitation, which is basically what physical therapists do to assess the inner ear balance system. I took my first training in that in uh, early part of 2006. And I got to tell you, Kathy, the first patient I treated, I got referred to her by her doctor because she was falling multiple times. She had been injured. She'd been in and out of the hospital a couple times. And her doctor referred her for home health. And uh, which, by the way, most home health for homebound older adults is covered by Medicare under Medicare Part A as an extension of hospital services, primarily to prevent a hospitalization, which is the average cost of a hospital stay, like one day in the hospital costs almost the same as 60 days of home health care. So Medicare is really, uh, you know, on board for people to receive in-home physical therapy under Medicare Part A, as long as it's referred by their primary care doctor as an effort to prevent them from getting a serious injury and landing in the hospital. If they're having trouble walking or they feel unstable or they've had a history of uh, multiple falls. So this first patient I saw after I learned how to assess the inner ear balance system, she was 76 at the time and she had been having dizziness and vertigo for 20 years. She had gotten it when she was 56 and she was living alone She was walking around her house, dragging her fingers along the walls so that she could balance herself. And she'd seen multiple doctors, been in the hospital multiple times, but nobody had sought to really get into the root cause of why she was dizzy. What were they doing? Well, they were giving her MRIs of her brain. They were giving her CT scans to see if she'd had a stroke. They were doing cardiac testing to see if she had some kind of heart problem, which By the way, those things are very important to do if it's suspected that somebody has a problem with their brain or a problem with their heart. Those are life-threatening, you know, problems that need to be discovered. But the interesting thing is that in the literature that's been published by the American Academy of Otolaryngology, which are the ear, nose, and throat doctors, to make it simple, um, they published literature stating that a clinical examination by a vestibular specialist using their hands and, you know, just basic simple instruments is superior to an MRI and a CT scan in the majority of cases of dizziness and vertigo. So typically, typically people are going to the doctor and getting referred for all these diagnostic tests and they're getting like this woman delays in care for weeks to months to years. They're getting unnecessary testing. They're getting put on medications long-term that, they might not even really need if somebody were to spend the time assessing the root cause of the problem and fixing it. And so I, I thought, well, you know what, this is a perfect opportunity for me to use my new knowledge. So I got out my training manual and I said to her, look, I want to give this a go. Are you, are you, are you game for me to assess and try to figure out why you're dizzy? And she said, yes, let's do it. I've been dizzy for 20 years. I'm over it, you know? And so I did, I assessed her for, you know, all the potential contributing factors of dizziness and vertigo, which is a pretty long list because dizziness and vertigo can be caused by so many different systems of the body. You know, someone has allergies or they've had ear infections or very often it's a side effect of medication. Sometimes it's alcohol interacting with medication. So it's really important to have a comprehensive assessment that's especially for dizziness if someone is suffering with dizziness and vertigo. And that's what I do now exclusively. But 
at the time, you know, I was a beginner in 2006. And so I got out my training manual. We did her full inner ear assessment and she had already had all the cardiac and neurological possible causes ruled out by all the hospitalizations and doctors she had seen. So it was pretty easy for me to just hone in on her inner ear. And I found that she had these little crystals loose in her inner ear that cause a condition called BPPV. And that's what I'm really hoping to, uh, to educate your audience on today, because that condition is a very simple fix if they go to the right person that can find it. And after only two or three visits, she was vertigo free. And after 20 years of being homebound, she was out driving a car around. She became my best marketing person, handed out my brochure to all her friends, started meeting me for coffee, meeting me for lunch. And eventually she did grow old and and she did pass away. She just couldn't believe that she had had this for 20 years and nobody had figured out the problem. And I was able to fix it for her in two or three visits. It really was unbelievable. And that's when I realized the power of this knowledge and the way that it could impact someone's quality of life. And I just haven't looked back. Wow. I mean, that is an amazing story. So you said you fixed it in two or three visits. What Now, I know that, that a physical therapist would do this, but how did you do that? I mean, what do you do to fix that in two or three visits that the doctors weren't able to fix? That's a great question. Um, well, first of all, if somebody needs to find a provider to do a comprehensive assessment of dizziness and vertigo, I would recommend for them to go to the Vestibular Disorders Association website, which is, again, that word vestibular, which is a new word for most people. And that means the inner ear balance system or kind of like the gyroscope in our head that helps us balance. And if they go to the website vestibular.org, which is a nonprofit to educate the public on this condition of dizziness and vertigo, they can find a provider directory and they can type in the state or the uh, area where they live and find a provider that says they specialize in this condition called BPPV. And the types of healthcare providers that might specialize in it include physical therapists, occupational therapists, physicians, or audiologists. Those are the top four professions that might choose to specialize in it. But what happens is, um, in, especially just to give you an example of the training of a physician, in order for a doctor to become a neurologist or an ear, nose, and throat doctor, they've already had to go through medical school and they've had to specialize in those individual areas of, say, neurology or ear, nose, and throat. And then beyond that, the vestibular specialty is considered a subspecialty. So not even all neurologists are comfortable assessing the vestibular system. They have to be typically what's called an otoneurologist, which means an inner ear neurologist. Or if they're an ENT, they have to be a neurootologist, which means a neurological ear, nose, and throat doctor. And so, so you can see within medicine why there are so many providers that just don't even have the skill set of how to evaluate this because it's a specialty within a specialty for doctors. And a lot of people don't get past primary care. A lot of times what they do is they go to primary care and they say, I'm dizzy. And the primary care doctor doesn't know how to do a comprehensive exam for dizziness. So they evaluate and screen out the most serious causes, like send them for an MRI to make sure they don't have a stroke, send them for cardiac testing to make sure they didn't get, you know, have a heart attack. And then once they've determined that, they say, okay, well, nothing life-threatening here. 
and I'm going to give you medication that's going to help you feel better so you won't have this dizziness or vertigo. And the most common thing prescribed in the primary care setting and from urgent care, by the way, is called meclizine, which is now a generic medication for dizziness and vertigo. It's a class one antihistamine, which means it's really old as far as medications go. That's why it's a generic now. And unfortunately, the short-term side effects of that medicine that's most commonly prescribed for mystery cases of dizziness and vertigo, it causes dizziness. Hello. Drowsing. <laughs> that Drow- is funny. Yeah, right? You're like, it doesn't make sense. Why are we giving people a medication that causes dizziness for dizziness? But anyways, so they get um, dizziness, drowsiness, and blurry vision are side effects of that medicine. And then that's a short term. So it actually increases falls which honestly is a life-threatening condition too. If someone's falling all the time, they can very easily injure themselves. And then in the long term, that type of medication, class one uh, antihistamine, the meclizine, is what's called anticholinergic on the brain. And just to explain to you what that means, the medications that are currently on the market for dementia, the most common medications for dementia, which I won't name them because they are all brand names, Uh, most of them are brand names still, those medicines are designed to increase the presence of a certain chemical in the brain called acetylcholine. And that's the theory of how we're going to prevent dementia in people that we think have dementia. But yet this medicine that's given for dizziness, it actually is anticholinergic. So it reduces the activity of acetylcholine in the brain. So what happens in a lot of people I've seen who never had a thorough root cause evaluation by a vestibular specialist and just got, you know, they had the MRI of the C or the CT scan and they said, okay, good. I don't have a stroke. I don't have a brain tumor. I got my cardiac testing. I don't have any problem with my heart. I'm just going to stay on this medicine that I got prescribed, um, you know, indefinitely because when I come off of it, I feel dizzy. Then they end up in the long run after 10, 20 years or so with dementia. Oh my gosh. And it's really Oh, it's so, and so what I see and what my goal is, is to educate people. Number one, of course, take all medications as your doctor prescribes. That's really important. I'm not telling anyone to stop taking medicine as the doctor prescribes. But if you're on meclizine or the other medication that's given for this, which is a patch that sends medicine through the skin, it's called scopolamine, and it has a similar effect. If you're taking a uh, a pill or you're using a patch, to reduce your symptoms of dizziness and vertigo, and you've been evaluated by a vestibular specialist who said, yeah, I think you need this for the long run, then that's fine. But if you haven't actually had a comprehensive root evaluation by a vestibular specialist, that's really what I would suggest needs to happen. So, Because so many people that I see, and now I have people flying here from other parts of the world to see me who've been suffering for 30, 40 years, and they never had a comprehensive evaluation by a skilled provider. And it turns out they've been on medicine for so long that they didn't even really need. And so, you know, I really try to partner with the physicians of all the patients I see to advocate that they're only on the medicines that they need to be on once we've done the comprehensive evaluation. And many people are able to come off those medicines altogether with the, you know, with the support and permission of their doctor so that their symptoms can be completely resolved through vestibular rehabilitation. And so to kind of explain to you how we treat that. Oh, wait, let's let's nervous. hold the treatment until after the break because okay. we're coming up on the break right now. So, um, okay. yeah, so I'm talking with Dr. Kimberly Bell, DPT, 
And we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some ways that this problem can be treated. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Kathy. And some of you have asked me, Kathy, how do I start? What do I do in order to start planning for my retirement? Or if I'm stuck, how do I get unstuck? And that's what these episodes are about. But I know that some of us need a little bit more. We need to be able to put it down on paper. So what I've done is created a freebie just for you. And it gives you a little area where you can write down your goals in each of the areas that we talk about. Social and family, adventure and travel, volunteer and philanthropy, spirit and soul, health and sandwich generation. And you just jot your goals down in each area. You can get this freebie and you'll also receive instructions on how to use it by going to rockyourretirement.com slash life plan. Welcome back. Hi, it's Kathy, and I am here with Dr. Kimberly Bell, DPT. She's with betterbalanceinlife.com. And right before the break, we were talking about some of the issues with some medications uh, that people take for dizziness. And now she's going to tell us how these things can be treated. So welcome back, Dr. Kimberly. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to share more on this subject. I'm sure you can tell my passion is coming through. Oh, I love it. (laughs) I do. Because, you know, I have to tell you that I have actually suffered a few times from dizziness myself. I know you probably didn't know that. And, you know, I didn't know that. Yeah. And and it's because I have this inner ear pressure, like pressure on my ears all the time. And I know it's from allergies. But I have done I've done ear coning many years ago. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, uh-huh. I've taken antihistamines. I've d- I don't take meclizine, but um, I have taken different drugs. When I sometimes I'll wake up and and I'll. This is rare. It's not like every week or anything like that. But maybe once or twice a year, I'll wake up with what I believe is an inner ear, inner ear infection, and I'll take. Mm-hmm. What's that medication that you take to not get car sick? Sometimes I'll take that. Um, is it over the count? Is it over the counter? I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, over the counter. Okay. Sometimes I'll take a, a a drug that helps with that, and because you know the car sickness happens with inner ears. So anyway, yes. I'm at the edge of my seat. <laughs> so tell me. I'll just give you some uh, information, which is that this condition BPPV, which I really want to explain more about, is associated with certain other conditions such as sinus issues, seasonal allergies, migraine headaches, traumatic brain injuries. There's certain other uh, either chronic health conditions or traumas that commonly can be uh, causing BPPV. And so you may have actually had repeated multiple episodes of this BPPV. And even you, Kathy, as young as you are, can see how debilitating it is. It affects your ability to ride in the car. You probably have some anxiety. A lot of people almost have like a panic attack type of thing when they experience it because they just don't know what's happening to them. And if you were older and you had the normal changes of aging that occurred to your vision or your feet, for example, or your muscles, then that's what would cause you to start falling. So probably for you, you've had these experiences, but I would just I would venture to say maybe you haven't had the falls because you're young enough that your other body parts and body systems 
or strong enough to continue to balance you so you could walk. But you can imagine if you were older, how that would just cause you to have chronic repeated falls. And that's what happens to people is they start falling. And so that's why I recommend anybody who either has dizziness or vertigo, first of all, let your doctor know, because they do want to do some assessment of the very serious things that can cause dizziness and vertigo, but then seek out a referral or just if you have Medicare, you can go with direct access uh, right to a specialist. Go to someone who specializes in the vestibular system to get a comprehensive hands-on evaluation, which is superior to diagnostic testing in the majority of cases. And because the treatment is so effective, can completely resolve the BPPV within usually one or two sessions about 90% of the time. So what are the sessions? I'm dying to know what you do. Yes. So, <laughs> so and, and the thing is, the reason I was so excited that I was able to come on your show is because the most common population that has this are people in their 50s and 60s. So it is huge for the Rock Your Retirement audience as far as like be aware of this. So BPPV means it stands for B means benign, which means it's not a disease or a pathology. And then par- paroxysmal, my grandpa says we should change that to occasional because that paroxysmal is a real fancy word that means it's not constant. It comes and it goes or it's occasional. And then um, position, the second P stands for positional. And then the V in BPPV stands for vertigo. And vertigo is defined as a false sense of spinning, tilting, or translating when you're actually still, or it can be a distorted perception of otherwise normal motion. And so that, to contrast it with the feeling of dizziness, is going to have a false feeling of motion or a distortion of normal motion, whereas dizziness is going to be more of a feeling of lightheadedness or kind of like, I feel like I'm about to pass out. That's the type of feeling people get if they stand up too quickly and they're on blood pressure medicine or they're dehydrated, they kind of feel lightheaded. That's more what we classically define as dizziness, sort of like feeling faint. But then the vertigo, to be specific, is going to have a false sense of motion or a distortion of motion. Like spinning. And really int- like spinning. Like a spinning. Right. Yeah, it can also... It can also be like a tilting feeling or a sliding feeling. Either I'm sliding forward, I'm sliding to the side. Like I had a a young lady recently that I saw who um, had vertigo and she was saying when she was walking in a way that looked normal to me, she felt like she was walking down into the floor as Hmm. if she was walking down a set of stairs. She felt that she was sinking into the floor, which would be more of a translation uh, you know, down towards her feet, right. as opposed to like a spinning. So it, it can manifest in any of those ways. But the, the point is, what the person feels like is happening is not what anyone looking at them sees happening. And you know, you know what, I have to tell you, excuse me for interrupting, but I, I usually get this for a couple of days after I get off a cruise. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. so it's usually yeah. like one yeah. or two days, I have that feeling that I'm still on the cruise. Is that normal? <laughs> well, Okay, well, that's not normal, but that is common for people with vestibular problems. So what this means is, what this means is, it's a really good thing that you and I met because I know you obviously, for some reason, are predisposed to this issue. It could just be from you know your allergies or your sinuses or your multiple history of ear infections. It could be genetic. Did anybody else in your family used to complain of this kind of thing? Mm-mm, I don't think so. No. 
Okay, so it's probably related to your, your history of sinus infections and ear infections, and that can cause what's called disequilibrium when you get off of boats, and it can cause repeated episodes of BPPV. Hmm. Now, the great part is that statistically speaking, when people get this BPPV, this benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, there's a 30 to 40% chance that it will resolve on its own. So you're falling into that category, which is, which is wonderful. And that's why you've had a quick resolution. But a lot of people, 60 to 70% of people that get this condition, they have it for the rest of their life unless somebody finds it and fixes it. And what happens is because they experience these weird sensations of spinning or tilting or sliding, when they move their head in certain positions, keep in mind it's called positional vertigo, meaning when they lie down flat or they roll onto one side or they bend over to uh, tie their shoes or pet their dog or they look up at the top shelf in their kitchen or they turn their head quickly to the side while they're walking. So it's certain positions of the head that cause the vertigo sensation. And what I notice with people I meet that have had it for you know, 20, 30, 40 years is that number one, it does cause problems with their balance and walking stability. It can cause fear of falling. It can cause reduced activity levels and chronic falls that are unexplained. But what they've done, because they don't actually complain of dizziness or vertigo when I interview them, and it's because they've learned how to change their movement patterns to avoid that specific position that made them uncomfortable. So say I meet someone who's falling and I say to them, well, how do you sleep? And they say, oh, well, I never lie flat. No, I'll say, you know, uh, do you get dizzy? And they say, no, I never get dizzy. And I say, well, how do you sleep? And they say, well, I'm propped up on two pillows. I never lie flat because then I'll spin, you know? Oh, wow. It's like, aha. So they've learned how to adapt because people are really smart and, and our bodies are really smart. And if we are uncomfortable, we'll change a movement pattern to prevent from experiencing that discomfort. And so, People typically, when they've had it for a long time, will learn how to avoid the position that provokes the vertigo, but yet they still have the underlying problem with walking and balancing and get this, and this might help you, you can say this to some of your friends or family if they've seen you go through it, there's also a cognitive impairment that comes when people have BPPV. I very commonly have seen older people get diagnosed with what's called mild cognitive impairment. It's kind of a new hot diagnosis for like early dementia and it's called MCI or mild cognitive impairment. And it's sort of um, difficulty with concentration, difficulty with uh, what's called uh, cognitive stamina. So like they can't read a long book. They have to take breaks, difficulty with memory, short-term memory, with executive function and decision-making. So it's, it looks a lot like dementia, but the difference is when the BPPV is treated successfully by a specialist, the cognitive impairment instantly goes away because what's happened is this erroneous input from the ear that has the BPPV, which are essentially crystals that are floating around in a canal that's only supposed to have fluid And those little crystals, either through normal aging or through bumping the head or through hormonal changes, which is why men and women commonly get it in their 50s and 60s, um, or just through normal aging in people over 65, these crystals, they kind of, they flake off the membrane where they're supposed to be in the inner ear. Believe it or not, they actually have a very important job. 
but they get broken off the membrane where they're supposed to be. And they get, they basically go running away from home and float into a canal in the inner ear where they're not supposed to be. And that causes um, a conflict in the information that the inner ear balance system is sending to the brain because now the right side doesn't match the left side. And that conflict in sensory information is so dramatic for people that it causes this cognitive impairment because people just can't concentrate because their brain is working so hard just to try to help them sit up straight and not fall off their chair or be able to walk and get around. So it's been a miracle for me when I've seen people who literally I thought had dementia or their families thought they had mild cognitive impairment. And we actually went in and we got, and they were having chronic falls, you know, Mm -hmm. we went in and assessed their, we assess their inner ear. We find that they have BPPV. We fix it in one or two sessions or like I had one lady who had gotten in a major car accident and then she had fallen and hit her head again a couple of days later. So mm-hmm. she actually had, she had crystals floating loose in five out of the total six canals that they can possibly float into. So she was, it took me like probably six sessions to fix her vertigo, but most people it can get fixed in one or two sessions if it's the most simple type in just one canal. Wow. And then what happens is then all of a sudden the dizziness is gone. All of a sudden the, the apparent, which is, you know, sort of a temporary or a false cognitive uh, impairment, it is immediately gone. The person says, oh, my gosh, this fog that I've been living in for years is gone. And if we can get it soon enough, like now that people are finding my website and they're saying, you know what, I don't want to go down the road of all these diagnostic tests. I'm going to use direct access and go right to a vestibular specialist. And I have, in fact, yesterday I got three calls from people. Today I got two calls from new people that are just choosing to come straight to me through direct access under uh, California state law as a physical therapist. I can go ahead and assess them and treat it. And if I think they need to see a specialist or another medical uh, professional, like say a, a certain type of doctor, I can direct them to that doctor. And I always encourage people to alert their primary care doctor. But what can happen if I can get it soon enough, or if they can get the BPPV crystals treated soon enough, and the treatment, the goal of the treatment, I always tell my physical therapy colleagues is kind of like a pinball game, where you you know how you have a pinball uh, Mm -hmm. game, like a handheld one, and you have to kind of tip it, tip it side to side and tip it in certain directions to sort of coax the little ball that's inside the pinball game to go in a certain way to where you want to send it. And that's what you do? That's what we have to do with the person's head. We have to, because the vestibular system is actually embedded in the cheekbone. It's it's the called the temporal bone in the skull, but it's basically like the cheekbone. If you put your finger right next to the front area of your ear hole, that's where the vestibular system is. And it's on, there's one on the left side, and one on the right side. And so we have to figure out which of the three canals in the left ear or the three canals in the right ear that that crystal has run away from home and run over to. And then we basically do a treatment that requires a very precise knowledge of the anatomy of those canals inside the bone because we can't actually move the crystal with our fingers. It's, it's tiny, and we can't get inside the skull, inside the cheekbone to, to manipulate it. So we have to actually move the person's head in a certain predictable way to essentially win the pinball game. And, um, <laughs> I love it. And, and it, yeah, it's amazing. It's so amazing. And so, you know, once I started specializing in this, 
and I've seen the impact on people's lives. I just, I'm so glad that I've been able to help so many people now. And I got to tell you, I've been getting BPPV now also. Oh my I've goodness. had it probably six. Yeah, I've had it like six or seven times. And the difference is I don't have panic attacks like a lot of people do because I know that I can treat myself. And so I don't have sort of the secondary symptoms of extreme anxiety and panic when I get it because I just say, oh, here we go again. You know, I'm going <laughs> to treat myself. And I know I can fix it in, you know, in one day for myself. That's great. Um, so that it is great. Yeah. It's been great. I was going to say, I wanted to just add one more thing about that, which is I'm so glad I specialized in this because starting in 2006, I did move out here. Well, I moved out here at the end of 2005 to California from Maryland. And I was living right near my grandparents. Uh, my grandpa's now 95 and a half. He says, when you get to that age, have his count. And, uh, and my grandma just, just recently passed away in December. She was 86. Sorry. I was basically their intermittent caregiver for the last 10 years. And they both got BPPV multiple times. So I was able to treat them and help them, you know, not go through a period where they couldn't walk around and where they lost muscle strength because they were immobilized. Like my grandma, she had multiple falls. She had about five falls over the last 10 years. They were unexplained falls. And, um, you know, we did take her to the doctor to get her assessed and they couldn't find anything wrong or what was causing her falls. And they just treated the injuries she had from the fall. And so I went ahead and I said, let me just assess you. And it turned out every single time she had BPPV and I fixed it for her on the same day, wow. went back the next day and she was getting around fine. She said, she said, oh, yesterday I felt like a drunken sailor, but today I'm fine. <laughs> that what is, did you do? And that I, is awesome. Said, this is what I do. Yeah. And then it was funny the day my grandpa got BPPV, he, he called me. It was on a Saturday morning. He called me he, or he texted me because he texts. He's amazing. He's a, into technology. So he texted me and he said, I've got BPPV. When can you be here? <laughs> and I, I texted him back like, okay, I'm coming right over. And I went right over. And he's sitting in his recliner, just so calm and relaxed, but he had gotten the walker out. So obviously he was using the walker, which normally he didn't use any assistive device. So I knew he was having some balance problems. And I said, Grandpa, if you've got such severe BPPV, how can you be sitting here so relaxed? And he said, well, because I knew you were on the way. And That's I knew awesome. you were going to fix it. I so what's to worry love about? It. That's great. Okay, now we're coming up on the end of the show. And I just have one question before we end. Sure. Does this treatment hurt? Well, sometimes because the head typically is tilted down, sometimes people feel pressure in their head, like their forehead might feel pressure from the blood rushing to their head. And that's during the treatment. Sometimes people say, oh, I feel pressure in my head. And I say, I know, just, you know, bear with me. We'll be done in a minute or two. And then um, sometimes also people do complain of neck pain mm -hmm. after the treatment because it does require about uh, 20 to 30 degrees of extension of the neck and about 45 degrees of rotation of the neck. So sometimes people may say their their upper neck hurts after the treatment. And so typically I'll have people ice their neck, uh, put like a soft ice pack on their neck for mm -hmm. pain. And I'll do a little kind of manual massage of the muscles of their neck uh, after the treatment. And then if they need actual, uh, you know, follow-up therapy for their neck, you know, I can do that or I can send them to somebody. But that's pretty rare. Um, mm -hmm. Most people feel fine afterwards. In fact, I treated a young lady recently at San Diego State University while I was there guest lecturing on the subject. And she had had vertigo for, I think, a couple of years. I treated her in front of her classmates. 
she felt fine, so fine, she drove up to Sacramento on the same day to visit her family. (laughs) And so some people will bounce back really quickly. Other people, it may take them a day or two to bounce back. And that was the main point I wanted to make, which is the people that seek out care promptly typically will not end up with residual imbalance. But people who delay getting, getting it treated will actually end up needing more therapy afterwards to get their balance back because the brain has had to make adjustments and changes in the way it balances because of the error in the signal coming from that inner ear that had BPPV. And so it takes, uh, it takes some rehabilitation with physical therapy or just takes some time to get the balance back for people that have had chronic BPPV. So that's why I always recommend people to not delay and not wait but really advocate for themselves and seek out the proper care as quickly as possible. So Kimberly, if somebody wants to reach Dr. Kimberly Bell, how can they do that? I have a website, betterbalanceinlife.com, and I think you'll have a link to that in the show notes. They can go to that website and get a lot of free, helpful information. That's great. And, you know, for the listener, she does have a lot of things on her website. She's got classes that you can take. She has lectures that she've done, she's done in the past. So just go to betterbalanceinlife.com and you can get all of that information. Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure, Kathy, and I hope that we can help people rock their retirement with this information. Me too. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. 
Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.